I love that it like just brought it all full circle. It's like he started by being a drama queen with Contract Gate and being like, I'm leaving. And then he ended up being like, I'm leaving. <laughs> So the season's done with. The season is finished. We did it. We beat the enemies. Um, <laughs> we won the cup. And woo! that's... Woo! <laughs> what a wonderful... What a wonderful way to finish the season. Um, unfortunately, in reality, it looks like the Penguins... It looks like, allegedly, the Penguins are not in the playoffs. I've yet to see proof, conclusive proof. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe like once we have our lawyers look into it, I don't know, maybe there's like still some way to get in there. But for now, let's just assume that the Penguins are not in the playoffs, snapping a very, very long playoff streak. Is it 16 years? Yeah. And I know because the Penn social media just did that like, <laughs> like eulogy post you know they're like, oh god it's been 16 great years like <laughs> everyone has to die sometime you know yeah. 16 years ago i was god i have no idea i, don't, I can't do maths stop stop making <laughs> me do it um i was in high school it was a long time whatever we were doing 16 years ago so my question to my amazing co-hosts to start with is, of course, how do you feel about this new era, maybe, of Penguins hockey? And also, do you follow the playoffs? Well, it's going to be a short-lived era. I hope you realize that. I'm I'm full steam ahead. We're we're getting back in next year, baby. Or otherwise, Sid's gonna like <laughs> go nuts. It's not gonna look good, right? Yeah. So like. Maybe this year we don't do playoffs, but we will be doing it next year, come hell or high water. So enjoy it while we can. This this momentary bliss of not having to worry about playoff officiating, this is a one-year deal for us. So Yeah, it's good to give Sid something to like, you know, push against. Because otherwise it's like running the mile if you're just making the playoffs every single year. <laughs> Nobody to compete against. No, I'm not following along with the playoffs, though. I mean, I am... I follow a surprising amount of Wild fans now because there is a Minnesota-Pittsburgh pipeline. There's a lot of weird coincidences that happen between the two. A lot of past guys flowing in between and forth. And also, I find them fun. So I have been keeping up with them, and they've been going through some struggles. At time of recording, Dallas just gained the series lead last night. So I'm just kind of like watching them like go through it. And it's kind of fun to do from an outsider perspective because like I don't really care. Like I want I, I would like they're kind of if I had to pick a team to win the cup, I would pick them. Do I think it's going to happen? Not really. But um, I'm not so invested that I'm like angry as if I was like, you know, rooting for the pens in the playoffs. So it's kind of like a nice low key thing to just watch the live blog happen. 
And then I did tune in to the Oilers game last night, but it was not to watch the hockey. It was because my friends were saying <laughs> that the yellow band at the bottom of the boards around the ice was looking strange. And they're like, it looks like it's glittering. What's wrong with it? And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And they just kept talking about it. I'm like, okay, fine. I am turning on ESPN Plus and like looking at this. Was and it a trap? No. <laughs> this is how we grow the game. <laughs> No, this is how we there, get there was to indeed watch. something wrong with the cameras because it wasn't even the like digital ad boards that they project onto those on broadcast anymore. Because when you got close up shots of the players and you could see the actual ads behind them, the yellow at the bottom of the boards was like it looked um, staticky to me more than glittery. It was very strange. I don't know what is going on with the cameras in Edmonton, but I hope they fix it soon because it was extremely distracting, but kind of a fun thing to look at for five minutes. And then I turned it off. <laughs> I thought you were going to reveal that you were becoming a Connor McDavid fan. You know, you're like, oh, there's a new, you know, Sid missed the playoffs. So. That's how you know I've become a pod person is the day I start extolling the virtues of Connor McDavid. You're like, I just flipped on an Oilers game. To- <laughs> I've been staying off of hockey Twitter. I actually made a pact to myself that I was staying off hockey Twitter until May. Um, when we lost our entrance into the playoffs. Uh, th- I did not follow through on that, but I haven't been tweeting and I don't really go on it often just because I really didn't want to see like negativity. But I hopped on it today just to like look around and like dust some cobwebs off. And I did encounter McDavid fans in the wild. Like they had found their way onto my timeline for some reason. And it was very interesting to watch because for so long he like didn't have fans or like stands I want to say or like maybe I didn't see them but I kind of like poked around and just kind of like observed them for a while because I found it very funny they were making hockey robot jokes because apparently he fucking hates the Kings like he's got personal beef with the LA Kings and is like not having a fun time with that during (laughs) this playoff run I was like oh my gosh hockey robot jokes like like he's progressed his fans have progressed to the next level of his you know journey as the chosen one of the hockey world because so like what's next is he going to develop a sense of humor that we're all going to be able to see like if he's following the sit trajectory who knows where this is going to go but i was like oh my god how funny is that they're angry that people are saying that he doesn't have emotions because he's apparently getting really angry at the kings i'm like oh my god it's sitting the flyers all over again wow wow it's so funny to imagine having personal beef with the la kings like a team that i never think about (laughs) (laughs) if you were like are the la kings a hockey team i'd be like i think so but (laughs) i'm not a hundred (laughs) percent everything west of the mississippi river i'm like who are you people we see you like once a year, and no, well, twice. But like, oh my god, it's very funny to me. I'm like, they're like that's why I'm kind of enjoying the wild because like they have beef with like the Blues, and now they fucking hate Dallas. And it, like, I have no stakes in this. I'm just like watching all the petty rivalries come up, and I'm like, oh, this is so like wow, crazy. People have strong emotions about the St. Louis Blues, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying Beck's McDavid corner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to add it to the podcast. <laughs> Beck has to report on Connor McDavid's evolution as a character. Oh, okay. <laughs> Her growing admiration and respect. <laughs> Soon she'll be like, you know, he's kind of beautiful in the right light. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I'm leaving the podcast effective immediately. Goodbye. No. <laughs> um,. I am not watching the playoffs, though I do check the scores to just make sure that the right people are 
being humiliated, yes. you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it has been extremely restful. Like I'm sure that Beck is right. And probably next year, Sidney Crosby will find a way to will us into the playoffs. You know, he'll be like, oh, I had I wasn't willing hard enough this year. Um, so <laughs> next year he'll make it happen. But it's actually been really nice. Like it was it was pretty crushing not to make it, especially because we just like kind of like that Blackhawks game was like just a little humiliating, you know? But um I was I was there. Did I tell you guys that I was there? That oh I went no, to that game? no, you didn't. Oh god. <laughs> I was at that game. Uh, a friend and I bought tickets kind of far in advance because I had gone to last year's fan appreciation night where they do in fact like toss stuff to the fans and it was like fun dude it was such a oh it was so depressing like oh no like, <laughs> i can't so, even imagine <laughs> we, we, we were pretty pretty close to the bench like intentionally and i don't regret it but i was not pleased that my final memory of that night was watching gino cry on the oh, bench God. after okay. the game ended like oh, his face in his hands he was like benched over and at one point i think some of the guys were trying to stand in front of him so people couldn't look at him so that was kind of depressing and like such a bummer because i had told the, the friend the local friend i had gone with i was like oh my god it was so fun last year i can't wait and then like that happened and i was like wow mm, great ending to the season <laughs> Anyways, sorry to interrupt, Jess, but I was no, just like, no. oh, I, I was there and it was harrowing. Yeah, that's very rough and very intense. Although I'm already ready to transmute it into humor, you know, because it's like my coping mechanism. But it's just funny. I was Somebody was saying like, you know, Gino's never missed the playoffs in his NHL career. And I think it's kind of funny to be like, it's like, I don't know, like every year you win Miss America and then you don't win it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. He's it's been just slighted. Funny, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I mean, obviously there is tragedy and there's narrative, but it was, it's just kind of funny to think like, I just love thinking about Sid's like, oh yeah, I had one season where we sucked, you know, like, so I've been through this before and Gino's like, what? <laughs> so Sid's like a veteran of losing, yeah. um, not making the playoffs. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to like get pizza and go over to Gino's house and be like, listen, buddy, this is hard, but you know, you're going to be able to get through this. <laughs> But um, yeah, so so obviously the end of the season like really sucked and like it was softened a little bit. I was like in Japan, so the games were at really weird times. So I was kind of just like following a little bit, but not watching. Um, and I think that helped. But but then now not being in the playoffs is just so nice. Like I'm just I'm so much less stressed. I just remember like how bad the Rangers series felt like when we had that big momentum swing and then like Sid got elbowed in the head and like. You know, I don't know. And then like the Isles series before that, just like all these like really horrible playoff trauma memories. So I don't know. For me, the playoffs have never been anything but suffering. So I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's nice to have a little year off and we'll see. Yeah, but not not really following it beyond just like hoping that my enemies are punished and <laughs> as they should be. So can I can I ask you a follow up question? <laughs> yes, you may. <laughs> Thank you. Who do you want to win the cup and who do you think will win the cup? Ooh, wait, but before we do this, Kit, did you say, are you watching the, oh, the playoffs? Oh, um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really watching. Uh, a few days ago, I was channel surfing and Panthers-Bruins game was on and I watched a little bit of that, mainly to be like, 
oh, thank God, that's not us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I check the scores when I wake up, but it's it's a very different mode of watching because usually I'm, you know, I wake up in the morning, I check the scores, I'm like, oh, I hope the pens won. And now it's like, oh, I hope my enemies lost. So it's more like I'm watching to see who lost. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I've I've lived in that territory of like, I've been in fandom too long to like not have grudges against most teams in like some petty form or another. And I think at this point, the only teams I don't have a petty grudge against are like Dallas, Minnesota, and Seattle. And of course, Dallas and Minnesota are playing against each other right now. So like, I'm kind of rooting for the wild. But like all the other teams, I'm like, I have petty grievances with all of you. So I don't want any of you to win. But I have two wishes. One I think is too much to ask of the universe, so I won't like really put my like fortitude behind it, and that's that I don't want Boston to win the cup. Though I think that's it might be too much to ask just because of how successful they were this year. But uh I don't want Edmonton getting past the second round. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can have Connor McDavid corner, but it always has to end with me wanting his perpetual downfall because I don't wish success upon him. Well, and that is a form of love, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Enemies, enemies <laughs> to lovers. Okay. If you wish. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't or like there are other teams where I'm like, I don't know a thing about the Winnipeg Jets. So like they can win it, I guess. I don't know who's on that team. I don't know who who I have beef with there. So, you know, if they want to win it, sure. Go ahead. I I don't care. How are they gonna get it there? I think I think Winnipeg doesn't have an airport, right? <laughs> They're kind of roll it across the Canadian yeah, border. Yeah, big logistical problems here. So Winnipeg can't win the cup for that. For that also, reason. if if anyone from Winnipeg is listening and you do have an airport, I'm so sorry. Please don't take a plane and come and beat me up. I would love for the Bruins to be defeated in a heartbreaking way. Not because I really have personal beef with them this year, but just because, you know, I don't, you know, you hate to see really talented people thrive. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in the Kraken. Like, I'm not following them at all, but obviously it would be kind of interesting if they defeated the Avs, you know, and it seems like it's been a fun series from what I've heard. I um, do. I am rooting for Seattle over the Avs as well. Um, mostly yeah, I just don't want anyone to have a back-to-back, you know. <laughs> I think it would be really funny if the Leafs didn't make it. It seems like the Leafs are going to make it out of the first round, but it would be no. so funny. <laughs> I have a personal... Reason for why I don't want the Leafs to make it out of the first round. That's because I want is their it Kyle GM. Dubas. I want them to fire their yeah, GM yeah, yeah. and give him to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just love all do... the headlines. Yeah, <laughs> we could do like beep 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 beep. Kyle watch. Beep, Kyle watch. Beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kyle watch. <laughs> <laughs> if if this podcast came out more than like once every blue moon, we could do like a regular Kyle watch. Yeah, yeah, we're each time we house it's like, it's like first it's Bex Connor McDavid corner and then it's Kyle Watch. <laughs> Kyle Watch. <laughs> it's like how you can't do that so that they're officially a Penguins podcast. So yes, we, just, like, we won. <laughs> I also liked how they said that they've been a Pens podcast for years. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's why I love them. I also hope, well, I hope, I mean, it would be nice if we got, you know, if Kyle Watch came to fruition, but also I just think it's really, really funny that the Leafs can't get out the first round. And I like to imagine that they like are going for it, you know, and then they just all get like, you know, just paralyzed by this terrible fear (laughs) that they're going to fuck it up and then they fuck it up. I like a good curse. I like a good sports curse. So we can't break that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, just I mean, this funny. is a year that things are being broken, you know, certainties oh. are being upended. So I don't know. You think it's related? 
I don't know. I'm not saying mm. no. <laughs> hmm. Someone tell Sid he's going to like personally <laughs> go to Toronto and do something terrible. Yeah, he's like, he should have gone for Mitch when he had the chance at the All-Star game. <laughs> Take him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that boy has like the the structural integrity of like a gummy worm. <laughs> you can't take him out. Can I can I give my my predictions? Please, please do. I think the Bruins are gonna win. Yeah, uh, whatever. They've got sold-onded goalies, it. you know, it's 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 inevitable. Gun to my head, I was forced to say, like, who's gonna win the cup? It's the Bruins. I I mean I am kind of like contractually obligated to root for the abs like as my team in law so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm also gonna say the abs um even though you know what i am enjoying the kraken right now i was at home with my parents and we're just like watching tv and going through the channels and then the bruins panthers game was on and obviously my parents were like it's the thing that you like look it's the, it's the <laughs> thing you like you have to watch this so we had to watch the entire game and um, the funny thing about that was it was like a, a german broadcast with german broadcasters and intermission people and everything because there's like no german player on either the panthers or the bruins the entire intermission they talked exclusively about Grubauer, who wasn't even playing that day. <laughs> like nothing else. They had like a big thing about Grubauer. His, they showed his face on like the big screen and they were like, groovy, 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 groovy. Okay, now we continue with the game that is going on right now. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny and that did endear me. It did endear me. And I also like that it's... um. That matchup is kind of, you know, it's kind of like a an exes matchup because you have Berkey, you have Groovy. Oh, yeah. Right? It's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about so, that. Yeah. I'm very interested in seeing how that's going to resolve. But yeah, for, for legal reasons, I'm rooting for the apps. Jess, do you have any stake in the Oilers now that you're like dry saddle curious or no? No, I don't want them to succeed. I'm just like, you know, I'm just maybe I'm becoming a little bit interested in him as a character, but I won't go crazy. I'm not going to become, you know, Connor McDavid stan. <laughs> yeah, I still hope they lose because I think Connor McDavid should be thwarted, but it's not personal. It's just, you know, I just think that's how it should be. When you see a character so plagued with struggle, you're like, I'm in it for the bit. So like, please keep going. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm like, keep more on there, you know, <laughs> just. That was the nice thing about um, Nate winning the cup is that I really enjoyed how he was like, you know, struggling and it was all awful. And he was like, I'm never going to win ever. And I'm the worst and I hate everyone. But then when he won, he got like even more obsessed with Sid somehow, which I didn't <laughs> expect, but I appreciated that. I was actually really upset for like a multitude of reasons. Um, but when the Caps won it, especially right after us. Because for me, I had, like, narrative interest in OV, like, never having won it and, like, always being thwarted and always being second to sit and, like, never succeeding as much as Gino and blah, 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 et cetera. And so when he won it, I was like, like, there goes my narrative. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> like, I had a playlist about how tortured you were and you won it? Come on. So I, I, he was on my shit list for a long time after that because I was like, man, not only did you beat us to get it. 
but now like my internal little storyline is all ruined. Yeah, you have the nerve to be happy, you know? Exactly. (laughs) The audacity of personal success. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, so the playoffs are happening and, you know, I'll be not paying attention to them very much, but um, do we want it, since we haven't recorded since the end of the season, do we want to do just a little bit of like Penn's news updates, like, you know, things that have happened in the, in those final days? (laughs) What did happen beyond our front office getting fired? Well, I do love, okay, so this isn't like an event, but I do love that Gino skipped the locker clean out day. (laughs) I love that Sid was just there to be like, and, and oh my gosh. And I love the detail that, uh, was it Taylor Hossi who said this, where it was like, um, they hung Gino's locker (laughs) or they hung Gino's jersey in the locker behind them. No, 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 no. That was not Gino's jersey. You know what that was? What? That was Sid's warm up jersey from Gino's thousand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but it's like, you know, it has like Gino's name on it. (laughs) But I like to imagine like Sid and Chris are both like, yeah, Sid and Chris are like, Gino's here. He's right here. He's not skipping out on locker cleanout day. Here's this jersey with his name on it that yeah, I wore, yeah. but it's his. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> I, anyway, I just thought that was very funny, and I like that. Like Gina was like, "I have bared my soul too much to you guys. I am leaving." <laughs> so I really do want to know, like, what his deal is about why, whenever they have like a bad game, why is it him that goes out? Like, who makes that call? Is he like, okay, fine, we sucked. I'm gonna go like beat myself with a stick in front of the media everyone else go home like I really want to know what motivates him to be like the whipping boy for when they have a shit game I think he's just a drama queen you know I think I think like instinctively he's like he craves the pathos you know so he's gonna come out and like be like the you know I don't know I just love it when it's a game where he's like scored a couple goals and then he's like I don't know why like you know how could could I let this happen like I tried so hard (laughs) Um, that's very pleasing to me. And I always just love to see him looking sad. And like, I love it when they show his like where he's balding and it's just like so without dignity. You know, It's just he's, you know, Sid has won the Emmys, but I really think that Gino has the raw talent, you know, when it comes to a virtuous he's performance. in his time, you yeah. know. Yeah. One day the critics will see, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess. And then like everybody got fired, which I wish that had happened like in time to save the season, but whatever. <laughs> also, I feel like we haven't recorded since we re- acquired our new guys. And I'm just obsessed with Grandland. I'm obsessed with how useless he is and how bad his contract is. In an article today, um, one of our beat reporters said that that was the final nail in Hextall's coffin, was signing Grandland. Grandland killed our front office? Grandland did it? <laughs> yeah. Just wow. by being acquired. Apparently that was it. I mean, who's to say? Like, I feel like our beat writers have been less trustworthy than ever. But I like to believe them when it's funny. Yeah, me too. So. Me too. So um Granlin uh held held the final dagger over Ron Hextall's head. His power. <laughs> it's really amazing. His raw power. The more useless Granlin is, the more I'm just absolutely delighted by his presence. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> It's like if he were just like, if he were kind of like trying hard, but like pretty bad, I might be like, oh, why is this dead weight guy on our team? You know, but the fact that he's just useless and his face just says, I do not want to be here. I hate it here. I wish I were somewhere else. You know, that just really endears him to me. I'm on board. I'm Team Grandland. 
Who else did we get? I have no memory of this place. Oh, they all died. Well, we got that other Russian, and then Gino took care of that immediately. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Gino killed him. Yeah. Yeah, Gino's like one of those cats that, you know, you can have a dog, and you can have, like, a bunny, but you cannot have another cat. I mean, you see what happens when... (laughs) When you put Gino and um, Koozie together, so <laughs> <laughs> we have to protect Gino. He's yeah, being bullied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my theory: is that like Gino can't be with other Russians because they bully him, and then everyone on the yeah. pins would know that Gino's actually not the alpha dog. <laughs> Once and the language barrier is no longer an issue, or he can no longer play into it, he's immediately outclassed. And is like, I hate everything. <laughs> You can understand me perfectly. I can understand you perfectly. I can't act like I don't. This cannot be. I need to leave immediately. That's why I'm convinced that um, Teddy also spoke Russian. That yeah, he Gino had to just, go. Like, yeah. pretend, or I think Gino just like pretended like his Russian wasn't good enough or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gino was like, who are you? Like, Why are you talking to me? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's that Russians can see that Gino is deeply not as funny as Sid thinks he is. Oh God! And, oh, no. and Gino's afraid no. that they're no. gonna like ruin the illusion, and like Sid has convinced the whole team because the whole team loves Sid that Gino is the funniest man on earth. So the whole team thinks Gino is the funniest man on earth. <laughs> but then one Russian guy is gonna come in and be like, "His jokes suck," <laughs> and he's played that one fifteen times already. You still think this is funny? And Sid's gonna look at him upset, and then Gino's like, "Okay, we're going out back. I've got the shotgun. You're done." <laughs> I wish we could. I knew we weren't going to get um, Tarasenko or whatever. The guy, he went to the Rangers, I think. But um, I knew we weren't going to get him for cap reasons. But I, I would have been interested to see Gino with a Russian who's actually his friend, you know, who he spends a lot of time with outside of hockey. Because, like, would he have, like, cat territory issues or would he be able to adapt? Like, I feel like he would be thrown off. He would not know how to act. Whatever the roster is going to be next year, like, I can't even begin to imagine. We don't have a GM. How am I supposed to know what the GM's going to do if we don't have a GM, you know? So I'm just going to, like, sit in here, like, I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. We don't have a GM yet, but I'm still going to make a big prediction. I think we're going to make some moves this summer. I don't know what they're going to be, but I think so. <laughs> I can feel it. I am very curious to see if Tristan survives the summer. Yes. It's either he's either our number one or he's gone. He's not taking backup duties, I don't think. So I am very curious to see if we can find or secure a number one goalie or not. Because it's always felt like he's really had the room and really had the team. But I don't know if that's going to excuse his performance. Well, there's this um, Mike Crosby guy who's been showing up lately, <laughs> just like in goalie gear. And he's he's really determined. He's really determined. He wants to be on the pen so badly. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I just felt like, and maybe this is in my head, but I just felt like Sully was like pretty impatient with Jari by the end. Or when just seemed like pull- a little bit. Yeah. We don't know what his injury deal was. We still don't know exactly what was going on. Like everyone was saying, he doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. And he's saying he's all right, but he doesn't look right. And then like things would come out that he said, yeah, I'm not 100% yet. It's like, we just don't know anything but and then like, Sully would come out and be like he's fine he's <laughs> like, fine <laughs> he's faking <laughs> I really want to know what what was wrong with him and like if it's chronic does he have to go you know because like sorry if you're the number one goalie you could like cannot have like chronic hip or groin issues or whatever it might be so I'm very intrigued 
am I also intrigued by the Sully Jari dynamic? Maybe yeah. so. Maybe so. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I just think there's something there. Well, Kit, like you were saying, when he like wouldn't pull him in the winter classic. Oh god. <laughs> And Jari and DeSmith were, like, communicating with their eyes, you know, using, like, the goalie, like, telepathy. And Jari was like, I need to go. And Sully was like, you are fine. You are fine. <laughs> that was very funny to me. I like to think that Sully allows himself to be, like, irrational and a shitty coach and, like, mean and a bad pedagogue for one player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one student. <laughs> Like, he's that got a one channel student all where there. you're like, yeah. oh, fuck that guy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa, harsh. And Sully's like, well, he's yeah. a fucking asshole. <laughs> I would like you two to take a moment to rejoice that Sully himself was not fired. Yeah, Yay. yeah. Yeah. Although that's on my list of things that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know, I have some Sully thoughts for later. But um, yeah, I think, do we want to talk a little bit about, like, I think we're going to do some number of favorite moments, maybe three, if you can think of them, but <laughs> no pressure, Kit. But yeah, like our, our three, what your top three moments um, in the fandom or in Penn's season or whatever were this season. And we can go, we can each, we can like circle and each share one or we can do them all at once. I don't care. I say we circle, and I'm going to start with the first moment of the season, I think, which is, don't hate me, contract gate. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) One of my favorite moments of the season, which is really fucked up in hindsight, but like, or maybe in hindsight, it makes sense. But like in the moment, if you had told me that, I would have like strangled myself just because of how that played out. I don't know. Maybe I'm a masochist. I I don't know, but like the sheer emotional roller coaster of that happening, and like the depths of despair that I got down to, that immediately like rocketed into <laughs> hysteric euphoria, was um stressful, especially given the circumstances because I was in the middle of some things, like professional obligations I had to be doing, but it ended up working out really really well, and like. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, we, again, it's strange to be saying that, like, so removed from it. Like, listening back to our, if you went back and listened to our Contract Gate episode, we'd all be talking about, like, how traumatic that was and how upset <laughs> we all were or whatever. But, like, looking back upon it, I, I do have a tendency to, like, use rose colored glasses. And this is very much a case in which I am doing that because I'm like, wow, that was, like, such a moment to, like, be a part of and to, deal with with everyone and I was really stressed out don't get me wrong and I don't think it really gave us the kind of deluge of content like fandom fix stuff that we were hoping for but I do think it had seriously it had implications for the rest of the season for the fan works that followed and I've enjoyed seeing that I've enjoyed wrestling with it with my own fan works and thinking about stuff I want to write in the future that maybe deals with that a little bit more intimately. And I think it was um, a really good fandom event for us to have gone through because, especially for you guys, because I don't think, like, you you guys missed out on the cups and there weren't really, like, those big, like, cornerstone moments that are going to, like, show up and fix a lot. 
while you guys have been fans. So, I, but that is one of those moments that like oh my will gosh. be referenced. Yeah. Kit, this is our Stanley Cup. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Gino Cup. Yeah, Gino Cup. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like it brought people into the fandom because I feel like we had a lot of – we've had like a big influx of new people and like it seems like that kind of really got people talking about the pens a lot and maybe kind of like woke up the – I don't know. It just seemed like it kind of brought a lot of people in this season and I don't know if it was just Contract Gate or just like people talking more about – It was us rending our garments and tearing <laughs> at our hair. But also, I think, like, part of it was, like, Sid Gino intrigue, because we still don't have a lot of details about Sid's mystery trip down to Miami in the <laughs> middle of Gino having to sign, and they're both like, no, they didn't deal with each other. It's not like, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. I just happened to be in Miami when Gino really needed to sign a contract. That's so funny. <laughs> and, like, I think we've done a lot of talking about, like, Gino, like, Sid having said, like, I want Gino to stay in Pittsburgh effectively, and, like, components of what went into that and i think that was like an attractive package to a lot of people because sid Gino can be kind of rote i think and kind of done because everyone's like oh yeah i've seen that before but this was new and spicy and also it gave us an excuse to churn up a lot of content that i think might have appealed to some viewers new and old of hockey materials so at least i hope so i also like the idea that it spiced up the marriage you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> they were together for so long you know they need a little drama to to really uh yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Contract Gate was a great, in retrospect, it was a great fandom event to be part of. And um, yeah, and obviously I'm glad that it all worked out so I never have to worry about anything ever again. Um, Kit, what was one of your favorite moments from the season? Well, I'm not sure if it counts, but like for me personally, just like being able to see a Penguins game in person for the first time was yeah. really, really exciting. And it was Gino's ceremony game. It was super, super exciting. And I don't know, I just love that. Like my first NHL game, my first Penguins game. Yeah, that was just like a personal highlight for sure for me. And when it comes to like wider team stuff, I think for me, I really had an awakening. Maybe it was a fandom wide awakening of like Sid. Gino Tanger as like mm -hmm. a core, like a trio. And I think that contract gate has a lot to do with that because, you know, Tanger was also <laughs> Tanger was also hanging in the air. I mean, I myself was convinced that we were gonna lose Tanger. Like I was like, I yeah. hope we keep Gino. I know we will lose Tanger. Doesn't it feel stupid in retrospect? Like in retrospect, it's like, oh my <laughs> yeah. god, of course they we kept like, of him. course. And I feel like to me that kind of really awakened an interest and almost like a like a hunger for core content for like OT3. And it doesn't matter like how you want to interpret that, but just the idea that there's this core of three people and that they completely have each other's back. For me, kind of the epitome of that was when the whole team took the plane yeah. to Canada oh to Tanger's yeah. dad's funeral. That made me cry just a little bit. They had to get their passports specially flown in because they didn't think they were going to do any international travel. And then, you know, the whole team just like showing support for Tanger, who had a rough season. I mean, Jesus, he had a rough season. That was just so heartwarming and 
beautiful and that made me really proud to be a fan of this team which you know sometimes there are moments where you're maybe not as proud to be like cheering on these people <laughs> when they when they say something stupid or whatever but that made me like really proud to be a pens fan i'm really glad you brought that up because i had like it's good to be reminded of like what chris did go through this season and like what the team has done around him in support of that and like kid i've had kind of an awakening on core content like whether it's ot3 or just like thinking more about chris as a character who has really strong relationships with both of them and like I also had the funeral on my list of three favorite moments from the season, which is obviously not a favorite moment, but just like the team going and like kind of taking the, like, because it sounded like the way that it was reported, it sounded like the team really took the initiative to like talk about it amongst themselves and propose it to the coaching staff and then like kind of get the, you know, arrangements taken care of so they could be there. Yeah, that made me cry a little bit. I thought that was really beautiful. On a different note, a much lighter note, I think one of my favorite, favorite moments in the season was the game where Sid murdered Gino in cold blood and Gino lay on the ice <laughs> terribly <laughs> grievously wounded. <laughs> um, so that was the one where Sid scored a goal by banking the puck in off of Gino's knee. And then Gino collapsed on the ice and had to be helped off. And like everything about it was just so drama queen Gino and so, so perfect. And then there was so much flirting afterwards. Like, obviously, it's so funny to watch Gino do an Emmy-worthy performance. And, like, in the moment, you're, like, really worried. You know, like, Bob and Mirzi are really stressed. Everything's, like, hushed and quiet. I loved that Sid – I watched the video so many times because I love it so much. <laughs> I love that Sid, like, tries to help Gino off and Gino, like, you know, pushes him away and lets, like, Dumo or somebody help him off instead. <laughs> so, well, Sid, like, circles, you know, being like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? And then I love the like that Yohi like tweeted like almost immediately after the game. He was like, Oh, Gino's fine. He's just like wandering around backstage, like haranguing people, which is also peak Gino. And then my favorite, favorite moment was when they interviewed Gino the next morning in the hallway. And he was like, Oh, I'm so lucky. It was like that wimp Crosby and not, you know, like a real strong guy um, with a good shot, you know, who hit me. I don't know. I just think that's delightful. Like so much flirting. And then as a fandom event, it was just hilarious. I feel like there was so much funny content that night and that week about it. And it just reminded me of like in like One Direction fandom when like a big fandom event happened and everybody was like posting about it, like shit posting about it and just being very funny. And like you feel like you're experiencing this collectively um, and creating like a headcanon around it collectively. Yeah, that was very funny. That was a that was a peak moment for me in the season. So I wrote down Gino's 1K games, parentheses, plural, because I went to both the actual game and then the ceremony game um, in Chicago and Pittsburgh, and then Chris's 1K game. And I saw both of those games with you guys, which was really fun. But I think I've talked about that like multiple times on the podcast already. So I'm going to tastefully move past it and say that my other favorite event from this year and it's not really a fandom-wide event, but it's that I got to go to the Night of the Cysts this year. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool, really fun. I had a blast. It was just really enjoyable. Everyone was so incredibly nice. Like, I hate sounding surprised when I say that. All of the players I interacted with, which was a fair bit of them, were incredibly nice and polite and, like, engaged and, like, acting like they wanted to be there. Which I don't know if, like, I don't know why I was expecting them not 
to be, but man, they sold me on it. So everyone was just lovely. I had a wonderful time. Chatted with um, our favorite demon, Dan Potash. <laughs> um, refused to make eye contact with Sid. Played a card game with Gino. Um, and it was really, really fun. And I chronicled the whole thing in like a way too long Tumblr post. It was so good. I love the Tumblr post. Such a good recap. And so I won't belabor the point, but that was just a really fun experience. And I'm very grateful that they do it. I was just so impressed. And like, I, Dumo was so nice. He was so nice. Oh, dude. he's such a nice boy. <laughs> he was so nice. He was like, how's your night going? What, what have you been doing? He was he was such a sweetheart. Yeah, I loved I loved reading the recap. And then, yeah, I know you didn't I know you didn't pick Gino's thousandth game because we talked about it before. But that was definitely one of my like, well, specifically, it was like Sid's choice to like renew their wedding vows in front of God and everyone. <laughs> He's just like, why not? Like, <laughs> let's just get married again on TV. And I just remember watching like they played the like kind of edited clip, which is like it's really nice or it's sweet, but it's kind of like, you know, just like the bland cliches that Sidney Crosby gives anytime he's required to make any kind of public statement. But then they posted the like unedited version on social media and it's just him being like, yeah, when I saw you, like I thought maybe we should just get soul bonded, you know, like maybe we should be together forever. <laughs> it's just very beautiful and straight out of fic. Just a really nice like affirmation of their love for each other. And then obviously from a thick perspective, just very funny. Like to, I don't know. We had such a good season in terms of Sid Gino content. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Truly, yeah. <laughs> truly impressive. Prodigious. It was like, wow. And laying it all out, I'm like, damn, like a lot, a lot happened. Aren't we so lucky that we had Sid, Gino, and um tangers 1k games like in pretty short succession and we got uh those incredibly heartfelt video messages every time and they were just so different every time but so heartfelt and and beautiful and just made me really like i don't know tear up a little bit like gino's i love you to tanger and and yeah, oh Sid's my God. <laughs> recounting of how they met to gino and <laughs> They're just all involved. I'm very grateful that Chris and Gino's happened in the same year. I'm still very upset that Sid's happened during COVID. I know. I like, feel that way too after watching both of them this year. I was like, that is a bummer because that would have been really cool. And like, this is like selfish on a personal level, but like, I'm so, like, I don't think he like really cares. Like, he's probably like over it. But like, you guys were both in those arenas when that all happened and like especially kit during the shootout like you saw how loud the building got and like you know everyone was just so loud and appreciative of these guys deeply impressive it would have been so much louder for sid because of who he is and i'm just so like i get angry when i think about like how we all collectively as a fandom and i don't just mean transformative fandom i mean all of Penguin's fandom missed out on like that chance to be so publicly appreciative of Sid in a venue in which he deeply deserved it and like had earned. And I'm like, we like, I get so angry about it. I'm like so disappointed it played out that way. But I kind of say, okay, fine. You know, it happened, whatever. And karmically things kind of worked out because we won both Chris and Gino's thousandth games. They were both really good games and you know they happened in close order so if we couldn't get all three at least we got two and 
they went quite well. So, you know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait for, you know, Sid 2K. Yeah, yeah, which will definitely happen because... Because <laughs> he's made of titanium. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, and then that brings me to my very last one. Uh, it's a perfect segue into my very last, like, favorite thing this season. I feel like yours are all, like, really personal to you. Mine are just, like, funny fandom events that I thought were so, so funny. But um, but I guess I did see this one. So Chris's thousandth game when Gino got thrown out for yelling at the ref. <laughs> <laughs> I... I like Becky and, and I were, were like, oh, he's just gone. Yeah, we were like maybe how like four rows behind the bench, like so close, and like um just watching him take like a million penalties and get like madder and madder and be like standing on the bench like screaming at the ref and then getting thrown out. And that was the last game I watched of the season because I went out of town after that, so I like wasn't watching anymore. So for me, that's like my final image of Gino this season. <laughs> it's just like. I love that it like just brought it all full circle. It's like he started by being a drama queen with contract gate and being like, I'm leaving. And then he ended up being like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that is so beautiful. <laughs> so And they didn't like announce it in the arena. So you and I were just like, is he out? Is he ejected? Yeah, we were what like, happened? oh, is, is he, he gone taking forever? A break? Is he hurt? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Like he just left and they kept playing like nothing <laughs> And we're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I just what? thought it was so funny because they just had this really heartwarming ceremony for Chris and it was supposed to be like the Chris Letang show. And then Gina was like, actually, hold my beer. Like, this is about me. And I just thought that was perfect and beautiful. And um, it was such a privilege to see that. Everyone was like booing the refs and I was like just crying with laughter because it was so funny. I could not have asked for a better, um, better final pins game of the season for me. Personally. Messy things yeah. happen when you and I see Penguin. Yeah. yeah. When, remember in Seattle when they called back like three goals? Yes, yes. I and do then remember. Gino got ejected. Yeah. So, yeah. And we got what, what matching. We got matching his and his game of I Yes, I have that in my outline because I was like, yeah, it was like they both, you know, within like a month of each other or whatever, were both like, what if we just uh, got kicked out? <laughs> and um, I think that's beautiful. And that one, I didn't watch that Kings game. So that was one that I only experienced through Tumblr posts. And that was also absolutely hilarious. Just like when we learned that he had been thrown out for stalking the ref. <laughs> oh, just yapping and yapping. I love him. Kit, do you have any other memories? Little nuggets that brought me joy this year. Um, starting with Sid at Nate's party, just being the drunkest, staying the longest, being just perfectly himself. The fact that you know, I'm I'm not actually sure was that this season or the last, but the fact that the stash stayed forever. Oh yeah! Oh my god! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we had like yeah. months and months of November. <laughs> And, and maybe that's where it all went actual, wrong, you know, because I don't think that's I don't think nature intended that to happen. <laughs> my actual third one, last one, is Sidney Crosby at the All-Star Game. <gasps> oh, so good. It's so good. So much content. <laughs> so good. <laughs> he was wet. He he personally <laughs> It was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> he personally petitioned the NHL so that he could get in the dunk tank. He was delighted. He did this extremely weird, like, married for 20 years routine with Ovi. It was 
it was all over the place. He was collecting boyfriends left and right. He was flirty. He was having fun and honestly good for him. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. I totally forgot that he and Ovi were like, oh yeah, we are co-parenting a child. (laughs) And then Gino, you know, and then Gino, oh my God. And then remember Gino didn't go to Miami that year. He like went to like the wilds of Canada or something. ski yeah. and got stuck in like a blizzard like I just but then they so flew good. back together on that private oh my plane. god oh my god i totally forgotten that yeah sid and like nate doing the dunk tank thing and then you have sid and ov doing their weird like co-parenting routine and then you have sid and mitch marner in the car like there was yeah, just Gina so was much like content. i'm gonna come get you overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. i'm fetching you yeah. from ASG. i was at some point genuinely like overwhelmed with how much just incredible content there was i can't believe i forgot that the video of them on the plane i think that was the moment where i made peace with not making the playoffs because i was like who even cares about hockey success if we're getting this kind of content where Sid is like like fidgeting weirdly in his seat so he can like expose himself. more of his body to Gina. <laughs> like, <laughs> pulling oh his God. leg fully up onto the armrest. <laughs> and Gina's like, Gina's expression is like, I can't believe we have to go back to work. It's <laughs> like, I am flirting right now. <laughs> For me, it was the interaction where Sid's saying, some guys have to, like, they only get a morning skate, and then they get to go play, and Gino very clearly misinterprets and thinks <laughs> he's saying that the penguins only get a morning Gino's skate, like, and then have the to fuck? fuck. You can see his face just drop, and then he immediately opens his phone like he's going to look at a calendar, and then Sid corrects himself, and Gino, like, relaxes. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> oh, my God. He did a really good prank, and he didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is better than the pranks that he tries to do that he actually does, because oh those are psychological, uh, psychological torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the torture. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If I had to find one reason why our our season went off the rails, I mean, it has to be... It can't be our game or team or anything like that could that that doesn't make sense yeah that doesn't make any sense of course not if it isn't the stash staying for too long which i think it very well could be Mm -hmm. i think it might be nate moving away (laughs) wrong you want to know (laughs) you you want you want the real answer kit yes i do it's because Cindy crosby baked banana bread for the team that's why (gasps) oh god oh Oh, no oh god but um, banana bread is actually my my last item on my like favorite things <laughs> list. But it's actually not that Sid baked banana bread because I am a conspiracy theorist who believes that um, someone else baked it and he just brought it in. My banana bread connection is us all talking about banana bread on Tumblr it made me brag about my family's banana bread recipe because I rightfully think it's the best in the world. And I had multiple people reach out for me for the recipe. And now I can say my family's banana bread has been made internationally at this point which is like <laughs> so fun to me so like people across oceans who have made my family's banana bread recipe all because of Sidney crosby mythically making banana bread and bringing it into oh the my team, god is wow he very truly fun. is truly is a child of god you know i totally i also forgot about that article that we got where it's just like where they're just like yeah he's a great guy i think he might be jesus <laughs> and you're like oh okay um <laughs> So normal. So normal. So normal. Yeah. Well, Beck, you're, you're going to have to drop the recipe. I know. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to need to make that. Um, and maybe 
can unfuck the next season by, you know, by making the banana bread, doing some sort of cleansing ritual. <laughs> can I can I close us out um by kind of giving a special shout out that is maybe not so much related to the season, but just like the fandom, which is the fact that there seem to be a lot of new people in the fandom and people who are not only like new and in the fandom, but also active participants and um, producing really great like content and interacting with people and writing funny tags and stuff like that. And it's just been a real joy. Yeah. It's just been really, really great to be in the fandom this season and to experience the kind of the fresh vibes that new people bring and so I want to give a special shout out to all those people who joined the season even though we didn't make the playoffs I think it's really cool that they're here and it feels fresh and exciting and new and that's made the season really enjoyable anyway I agree I've seen some new names pop up in like AO3 people writing for stuff which is just really exciting to see and really like warms me and just makes me happy because something that I think about a lot being in a fandom as small as ours is that while I love how small it is and all the benefits that we derive from that it also just means we don't have as many participants who are making content but I feel like we've all noticed people who are making content whatever that content may be whether it's fix whether it's gifts whether it's like live blog posts or even like people on Twitter who are just like a riot to follow. There have just been so many people who are making the space their own. And that's just been such like so joyful to be a part of and to see that like it's always fun when people are interested in the same things that you're interested in. It's even better when they're talented when they're doing that. And there's been so much talent. Yeah, that was on my list too of like things I was really grateful for this season. I just feel like people are so funny. The vibe of the fandom is so chill. I totally agree with Kit. Like it feels like there's a lot of new energy. Beck, I agree. There's like a lot of new content, like people like really producing stuff and being actively engaged, but it's just such a good vibe. You know, I just have not been in a fandom before that feels this way and it's very happy. And I think it was especially cool to see that kind of being tested this season by like the team kind of, you know, really sucking a lot of the time. <laughs> but it just felt like people were really good at like, like helping each other reframe stuff, like using humor to like soften some of the stuff that we were getting from the beat reporters. And just like, I don't know, it was just like really cool to feel like a really strong sense of community and um, like reinvigorated community too at a during a season where like the on ice product, as they say, was a like not kind of, you know, kind of a bummer sometimes. Um, so that was just so cool. Yeah, I love this fandom. I really love it. On, on that note, I asked on Tumblr a while ago. I was I think I was, we, we had been talking about this exact thing about the tone of the fandom. And it inspired me to like make a post just asking people like, why did you like get into hockey if you're new? And I got a lot of anons coming to me just like explaining it and it was really fun to hear and like everyone is just so in love with Sid Gino and uh, listening to them explain it in different ways that all were kind of like the same in the end was really 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 delightful but I'd like to read one anon message specifically to you guys because I think it's very funny 
they say, to be honest, I didn't pick Sid Gino. They just kind of happened to me. How could they not? Look at them. Their souls are intertwined for the rest of time. And also Tanger is there. <laughs> Live slug reaction yeah. in the corner. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, um, that, was, that was fun, too. To also just – I got, like, 12 and aunts or something like that of people just saying – I didn't answer any of them because I was like, oh, maybe I'll make a podcast episode with this, but – <laughs> but um, I just thought it'd be fun to bring that up that people are passionate about it. And it's just like, oh, how how fun it is to be a part of all of this with all of these people. Happy summer. All right. Yeah. Enjoy the off season, everyone. And we will be back uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. If you'd like to react to the episode or write in with questions or topics for us to discuss, you can reach us at goodwoodpod on Tumblr or goodwoodpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.